You're listening to the Fantrax Podcast Network. Fantasy Sports Entertainment lives here. Football systems check. Microphone. Check. Record enabled. Kate. Check. Michelle. Check. All systems go. I repeat, all systems go. We got a problem. We got a Copy. We have ball blast. I repeat, we have ball blast. Ball blasties. Ayo. Ayo. That's our new thing Yeah, I guess we're just going to do that every time. Yeah, that's our new intro. What's up, guys? And apparently we're calling people blasties. I don't know. It stuck. Okay. It's like spaghetti on a wall. You throw it, it sticks, it's ready to go. That's still a thing, right? Sure. Yeah, I throw spaghetti at the wall all the time. Yeah. If you're a good cook, you do. It's normal. It's totally normal. I'm very excited for today's show. Uh, Michelle, are you ready for this? I am. We're talking about a lot of guys we don't normally talk about, which is exciting. Yeah, we actually got this idea from you guys, Twitterverse. This was sort of our attempt to broaden our horizons a little bit. You know, we like to talk about Rashad Penny. A lot. A lot. (laughs) A lot, a lot, a lot. There is no Rashad Penny in this podcast until she just brought it up. We were almost going to go an entire podcast without that boy's name. Oh, I don't want to start that record. No. No. We started the record. We're going to bring up his name every single episode. Woo! All right. So we got some exciting news. We picked the winner of our sweaty selfie contest. Let's give a round of applause to Logan at FFFL underscore R on Twitter. 18 sweaty selfies. Dude had a sweaty month. Yeah, he did. He's working out hard for his wedding. Yes, everybody give Logan a round of applause. He's getting married. How exciting. In August, right? In August. Congrats. Congrats. Dude, we're very proud of you. Thank you all for sharing your sweaty selfies with us. It was a really fun, fun summer. Let's keep up. The sweaty selfies, just in general. Let's be sweaty. Let's be active. Let's yeah, be healthy. We, uh, we're preparing with this podcast today with our uh, makeshift stand-up desk. Yeah, with if our- anybody saw that picture on Twitter, we literally put chairs on top of the table and we stood up to prepare this entire podcast. Yeah, we're yeah. trying to be a little bit healthier. So. Ran in place a little bit, jogged in place. It was fun. Um, you guys can check us out on Twitter. I'm Kate at FF Ball Blast. And I'm Michelle at Ball Blast Um. Ball we, Blast E-M. Don't cut um, me off. Um. Yeah. People got to know where to find your hot takes because you spit the fire. Yeah. I get people so upset. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Sometimes we should take it down a notch. You can check us out. We're available on Patreon at patreon.com slash ball blast. Um, we have an extra episode every week for those guys over there. It's going pretty well. We've got a Slack chat for our subscribers, so please check us out. You have helped support our our goals of upgrading some of our equipment. Uh, we got a whiteboard. We got air conditioning. Yeah, and you get an extra episode a week, and you get to ask us any questions you want in the Slack chat. Um, I, I like it. I'm having fun. I hope our Patreon subscribers enjoy it as well. Yeah, we've got a really nice group of people we talk to. Um, big news. We'll be in Dallas this week for SportsCon. Super exciting. I Check it out. Pumped. Uh, if you guys are like in the area, come see us. If you're going at to SportsCon, let us know. We want to meet all you guys. Uh, check it out at GoSportsCon.com. If you're not going to SportsCon, it's never too late for a last-minute getaway. Just saying. Yeah. 
Come Get see this. us. Um, need something closer to the north? We'll be at the Midwest Fantasy Football Expo. First one ever. First year. Uh, good stuff. It's going to uh, be run by Bob underscore Lung on Twitter. He's the author of the Fantasy Football Consistency Guide. So check him out, too. Last but not least, you got to check out our Fantrax Fantasy Football Draft Kit, which is free. Can you beat free? You cannot beat free. You cannot. And we've got a lot of really good articles to help you through your fantasy football draft season uh, featuring Nate Pisapia, Joe Hamilton. Nate Pisapia. Did you put two names together? Did they become one? They did become one. Oh, my God. That my would be the melted. best person in life. If they are, they're already <sighs> like the best people. But if you put them in one. Would he have an intense beard and bald head <laughs> yes he definitely would that's it a would sexy man over awesome. there yeah so they're going to merge together also got michael florio scott engel the list goes on and on check it out fantraxhq.com we've got the best draft kit around and it's free 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 all right Can't should beat that we let's, get into this like let's jump into the let's news jump and in. this just in breaking news breaking news First up on the news train, we've got Mr. Josh Jacobs of the Oakland Raiders, Mr. Third Round Pick. Is he is, is he from like farmland? I actually don't know. Maybe. I, I, I don't believe Trying so. Trying to give this guy some is. personality. Yeah. Oh, so he needs to be from the farmland to have some personality, huh? Yep. Okay. His negotiations with <laughs> Oakland are not going well. What do we do? <laughs> All right, let's get back to our normal voices. <laughs> I, um, can't, I can't snap out a character. <laughs> He's the only unsigned rookie, and it's like, what's so hard? Because it's pretty simple nowadays. They, they have it very structured. A, they couldn't lock down a contract with Mr. Khalil Mack. Yeah, but that was completely different. I'm just saying. Like, rookies... So, it should be very straightforward. Yeah, it's like it's very straightforward. That's why all of the rookies are signed right now. And it, back in the day, it used to be a little bit harder. Um, used to have more negotiations, but this is pretty straightforward. So I don't really understand what's going on. I think it's something with the signing bonus and when he'll receive it. Um, if he misses camp, that's when I'll start getting nervous. Right now, there's nothing to get nervous about. But if he misses a couple weeks of camp, that's pretty precious time. The only reason I wouldn't be too, too worried is because, like, what's behind him? I mean, Doug, Doug Martin, Martin. Jalen Richard, it's just not It's not a ton of great options. But still, he might be behind with the playbook, and then he literally can't be on the field. I mean, you're going to risk a lot there with blocking, and I don't know. And so I would start getting nervous if he misses a couple weeks. Right now, I wouldn't freak out, but reports do say he could miss some t- uh Time in camp. Yeah, yeah, training camp time. It's it's challenging, too, because you look at, um, like, Rashad Penny as a rookie last season. He missed some time in camp, and guess what? He was. It was well noted that he was behind on the playbook. It That can happen to Josh Jacobs, and you're right. He doesn't have threats behind him, but... Eh, and, it's enough I mean, to make training me camp like, is a big part of your conditioning for the year. Like, playing a football game is a lot different than just working out. Like it, it takes some time to get up to play speed. And if Josh Jacobs is missing all those reps, uh, I would be a little worried. That's all. all. I haven't been high on him anyway. So maybe this will just drop him to an appropriate price. Cause I don't think he should be going in the third round. It doesn't make sense to me. So maybe he'll drop to the late fourth, early fifth. If he misses some training camp, that John would probably Gruden. be a really big drop, but. John Gruden does not have a great history with running backs. I I already am not his biggest fan, but it just might be something to monitor. Yeah. 
Dawson Knox could be the week one starter. Got the first team reps, Tyler Croft. Um, I think he's been out with an injury. Just interesting. He went pretty late in rookie drafts when I was doing them. Um, I doubt he's being drafted in anything. Rookie tight ends, not always productive, but it's still interesting to see those first team reps. And Josh Allen works the middle of the field pretty well. Get a big bodied tight end for a guy who's not the most accurate passer. And I don't think Dawson Knox has been talked up to be like a great pass blocking tight end. Meh. Like Tyler Croft, he suffered a broken foot. So I don't think he'll be back anytime soon. So Dawson Knox could get playing time for sure. And he could be the tight end one. I still wouldn't touch him in redraft. But well, I would think- you buy him in Dynasty? buy um for cheap like super cheap yeah i don't think anybody's gonna charge you a lot for dawson knox no and they shouldn't i don't know i don't know what do you, how do you feel about dawson knox i think he's an interesting prospect i think um, he's a buy now you like this is this is your time to buy before the price goes up even Starting though his, it just said that he's a starter this could be the worst time to buy now maybe in the season when he's not doing anything because i don't think he will be um, that's the time to buy. Just I still haven't seen any hype on him, but maybe you're right. Maybe yeah, you're right. he's one of those where it's just like I don't know. Uh, Josh Allen didn't use the tight end position much at all last year. That's fair, but he could be something. So if you if you believed in him in college and you're really excited about his talent, go get him. He he'll be cheap. And, and like like I said, not not a notorious excellent pass blocker. You know what? tight ends who can't pass block do they run routes yeah and they catch the ball but you know what tight ends don't do that can't pass block get on the field yeah that's fair yeah all right big piece of news ezekiel elliott will not be suspended for his little incident at some music festival big news yeah i i didn't think it was going to be a big suspension whatsoever i thought maybe one to two games i am happy to hear that uh, he's not getting suspension just for fantasy purposes. He is now my clear-cut one-on-one easily. I'm taking him. If I had the first pick of the draft, I would be going with Ezekiel Elliott. I'm going CMC, but but Ezekiel Elliott, he saw a giant drop-off in touchdowns, over 2,000 yards, but had a slow start, was much better when Amari Cooper came into the picture. Much better. Much better. He was a beast. He was a beast all year. But then he's a totally different kind of beast with Amari Cooper. His rushing yards went way up. Targets went way up. Receiving yards went way up, which you wouldn't think when they added a wide receiver that he would be so much more involved in the like the passing game, but he was. Um, he was dominant with Amari Cooper. He was still great without him, but like completely dominant. And he only had six touchdowns on the year, which is very low for him. I expect those numbers to shoot right back up. If he can stick with that 2,000 total yards and his touchdown shoot back up, he is going to be one of the best or the best fantasy asset to own uh, in 2019. I still feel like everybody is sleeping on his receiving ability. Last year saw 95 targets. Holy crap. Yeah. I went into my projections after his suspension was, um, you know, they said he's not going to be suspended. I only had him like slated for 75 targets. And I was like, why do I have him so low? Like I I, like had to rework that. And I was like, okay, I didn't put him all the way back up to 95, but I think 80 is very reasonable to give him right now. 
Well, even when you look at like his 16 game pace for the second half of the season with Amari Cooper there, do you know what he was slated for? Or what he was on pace for? for I do because games? I recently just looked it up. It's something like 112, right? 123 targets. 123. That's nuts. I know. He was so involved in the passing game with Amari Cooper, and I, I get that it doesn't and make sense. And nobody talks but... about it. That's that's the thing that gets me. I feel like nobody nobody is appreciative. Show that man some appreciation. Just saying. Yeah, he needs he needs all the respect. But I do think people love him. I mean, I've seen him a lot in people's running backs rankings as the number one running back, and I think he deserves that. I do think um, there was like this little teeny buy low window. Just saying. There was, and it's gone. Bye. <laughs> and now it's buy super high because, <laughs> yeah, if anyone was scared about the, I mean, in Dynasty, you shouldn't have been scared about a two game suspension, but. I, I get that maybe it was a tiny by low window and now it's completely closed. There's some buzz. Giovanni Bernard running back for the Cincinnati Bengals um, that they're predicting his overall touches per game to increase last season averaged like around five, six touches per game. They predict he's going to get up to like 11 to 13 touches per game. Is this maybe a guy you want to buy late in drafts? No. As a flex. So this is what I was going to say about him. We were just talking about a buy low window for Zeke, right? Uh, that close. This could be your buy low-ish window for Joe Mixon. Because I know. I need to tweet this news out. Yes. This is what I was going to say. Throw this news into your league and then like wait a couple days and try to start trading for him. Because it, there's been a couple bad news, like uh, bad reports coming out for Mixon lately. There was uh, his tackle. tackle just got hurt, uh, Jonah Williams, who people were excited that his line could be better um, from last year. And then this Giovanni Bernard news with 11 to 13 touches per game is being predicted. Um, he had five to six touches last year with Mixon when he was playing. So Mixon missed some games and Bernard got a little bit more carries. But when Mixon was healthy, five to six touches, that would be a pretty big jump. I understand it's a new coaching staff, but that's a that's double the touches that he got last year. All right. Dante Foreman is light years ahead of where he was last year. He's conditioning well. They said he cut some weight. Yeah, he is. Woo. Yeah, he did. I think that's all we have to say. Yeah. Lamar Miller, we already know what Lamar Miller is. And if they're seeing these flashes for Dante Foreman and their offense, I think they're going to trend in that direction. I feel like we've seen peak Lamar Miller. He's he's good for what he is. Like yeah. He can get We already know yards. what Lamar... Miller is, I think Deonta Foreman will take over that backfield or at least, at least take over the short yardage and goal line work. And that's going to kill Lamar Miller's value at like whatever he did have. And I think Foreman will be a very good buy. I agree. And I, I think for where you're buying him, he's currently going towards the end of the ninth round around Austin Eckler, Jarek McKinnon, LaShawn McCoy. I would so, so, so easily take Dante Foreman there yep. over all of those guys. Take a chance on him and you can have a league winner. I, I'm not saying you will have one, but, but he gives you that possibility. And that's what you're shooting for in that range. Yes. You're not necessarily like you're not looking at these starting running backs. You're looking at the guys who maybe you're handcuffing. Maybe you just think they're going to break out. Love it. Take it all day. Yep. James Conner says his role will be similar to the 2018 season. After everybody scared us to smithereens, I wasn't buying it just knowing the Steelers. We are Steelers fans, but it's nice to hear James Conner say his role is going to be similar, and he says he's going to get a lot of work. 
I believe yeah. it. I mean, yeah, duh. I, that's all I have to say to that. He's going to be a workhorse. You've been There's, saying it from the beginning. Benny Snell is a backup. backup. Teams have backups. Every, Jinx, buy every, me a Coke. Every Diet team. Coke. Every team. Guys, every team. I've heard in most the teams NFL. have backup running backs. Yeah. Every team in the NFL has a backup running back. He's the backup running back. Benny Snell. I think Samuels can be Jalen Samuel. Samuels. I get so Samuels. confused with those last names, Plural. man. But then there's a Curtis Samuel. Singular. Singular. Is it just them? How many Curtis Samuels <laughs> are there? There's only one. There's only one Curtis Samuel. He'll be involved. Jalen Samuels will be involved in the passing game. I just don't think that's going to hurt James Conner too much. I think Jalen Samuels was drafted as a tight end. Um, and guess who just left? Jesse James. Jesse James. So before Pew. anyone gets too excited about Vance McDonald, those targets could easily go to Jalen Samuels, who was drafted as a tight end. Remember the whole Yahoo debacle last year when people could play him in the tight end spot? Oh, when that James was, Conner got hurt. That was cheat code. Such a cheat code, and everybody. I took can't advantage. believe Yahoo never fixed it. Like, what kind of platform is that? Well, no, they they actually came out and explained themselves. They said they can't come out and fix it because like some people did draft him higher because of that sort of positional flexibility. So I get, I get why they didn't change it. It did. It might've affected the way that somebody was drafting and guess what? It paid off. Yeah, I guess, I guess that's a good reasoning. If you were smart enough to draft in there for flexibility to be uh handcuffed and then hope. Yeah. I, I mean, I guess that's smart. Yeah, that's smart. So you want to get into, you want to talk about like confusing yeah, let's talk about confusing because there's a lot of people in this league that are extremely confusing and nobody knows what to do with them. And we're going to try to give our best explanation of what could possibly happen with these players next let's year. Let's hit on these confusing receiver cores. But first, we are going to get a word from our sponsor. All right, guys, let's get into this. We are going to talk about the very confusing receiver roulette. These teams are really confusing us. We don't know who is going to be the number two guy. Will it even be a wide receiver? We have no idea. Yeah. And some of these that we're talking about, it could totally be the tight end with the, you know, the second most targets on the team. Yeah. So we're going to talk about who, who are you taking in that roulette game and who's going to help you win that jackpot. Yeah, we'll try our best to, you know, break it down for you, break it all down, figure out who has the best opportunity, who has the best shot of taking over that uh, wide receiver two role or the, the second most targets in the team. All right. So let's kick it off with our Steelers. 226 vacated targets in that offense. Yeah, and uh, I mean, most of them are from Antonio Brown, and then we have Jesse James leaving as well. So there's definitely some targets to go around. Uh, yeah, there are. We have to also assume about, what, uh, maybe 100 of those could go away just from Ben throwing less because of how much he threw last year. I don't expect it to continue, but I still do think he's going to throw the ball. It's Big Ben. He likes to pass. Yeah, but 675 times. I Yeah, I don't proje- I project closer to 600 Okay, so, so we take away 75, we'd be around 150 targets vacated, right? Yes. And uh, I don't assume Juju's targets are going to go up or down. Like, they should pretty much stay the same. He was at, what, 167, if I'm correct, last year. That's There's not much room for growth there. <laughs> yeah, that's what I'm thinking. 
So I think the biggest contenders for this target share, Dante Moncrief, obviously, um, came over from the Jacksonville Jaguars. Where he had the likes of Cody Kessler and Blake Bortles. Any wide receiver is a dream. Yeah, I would call Big Ben an upgrade. Would you? Uh, no, like I, give me Cody Kessler every day. Cody Kessler, baby. Yes. So we've got Dante Moncrief. We've got James Washington, Vance McDonald. What we're going to do when we're talking about these teams here, we're going to say who we want based on their current ADP and situation. So Dante Moncrief, he's going at 12.02 and half PPR formats. James Washington, 11.03. Vance McDonald, 7.11. All right. We got that, right? Got it. Let's talk about Dante Moncrief. So um, Dante Moncrief, he's got probably the most hype out of out of OTAs, out of all of these guys. Big Ben hyping him up, which is sort of a lot when you consider that Big Ben's sort of one of those guys like an Aaron Rodgers type where he wants to trust his wide receivers. He wants to trust his guys, and he wants to know that when he throws you the ball, you're going to catch the ball. Kind of a big thing. Yeah, and I think that's where we're coming from here. Where I think we both pick Moncrief, right? Like if you're picking out of these uh, three guys at their ADPs, I'm going with Moncrief at the 1202. I think he's, for me, the one with the least number of question marks. So um, when you look at Dante Moncrief, everybody points to a season last year. Yes, he's not going to product, be productive on an offense that literally can't produce. It, it I, I can't even utilize his season in Jacksonville when it comes to me looking at what he's able to accomplish. Um, but the one thing you can look at is that he was the second most targeted wide receiver on the team. I mean, he did the best he could. He was right behind Westbrook in targets, right behind him in yards. He did the best that he could there. And I do think there's something certainly to be said between the differences of a Pittsburgh offense. They were six in the league last year. Uh, Dante Moncrief has tremendous upside. We saw some big playability when he was in Indy. I liked what I saw there, but never really quite pulled it together from a consistency standpoint. And then um, had Jacoby Brissett 2017, Jacksonville 2018, he hasn't really just had all of the puzzle pieces lining up. I think when you look at um, you know, some of the feedback that he's gotten out of OTAs, the receivers coach has said that he's got sort of like an innate skill set and he's been able to pick up the playbook really well. All of that bodes extremely well, not to mention, you know, Big Ben's confidence in him. He's the one that's going to make the decisions on where he's targeting the ball. Mm-hmm. Um, he's the one making the reads. So if he's putting trust in Dante Moncrief and I'm hearing that buzz over a guy who's already been in that off uh, offense for a year. I'll take Moncrief at the cheaper price. I agree. And I think his veteran status right now is really what Ben wants and needs at his age or really just trying to win that Super Bowl. They don't have as much patience right now, I feel like, with uh, James Washington to try to grow him more and try to force feed him the ball to try to get him to learn. Um, I, I do still have some faith that James Washington can turn turn it around from his rookie season. That was pretty rough. Um, but for next year, I'm going with Moncrief. I think 
It's exactly what the the team needs. And what's perfect about adding in Moncrief and playing him is he will be the outside receiver, which allows Juju to stay in the slot more often. Like, obviously, Juju will have to, you know, expand his role a little bit with A.B. gone. He has to play some more on the outside. Has to be dynamic. Yeah, but with with Moncrief there, with Washington there, they play on the outside. Juju can stay in the slot a lot and still be a huge force in that in that area. And that was sort of James Washington's role. I do think that they sort of misused him in the 2018 season. I don't think that they really appreciated the fact that he is the go long Marty B kind of guy. They just sort of, I don't know, they tried to use him in some dynamic ways, and I, I just don't know that he's that kind of player. Yep, so to... To summarize, yep. we both like Moncrief. I do love Vance McDonald, him and Jesse James combined for over 100 targets, even if we're or projecting regression. Yeah, and this is where we very much dif- differ because I, at the 7-Eleven, I'm not touching Vance McDonald. That's a really high price for him, and I don't think he does much better than he ever has done in his career. But, well, that's for another time, another tight end podcast to really get into him. But out of these three guys, you and me would both be going with Moncrief at the 1202. Cheapest price, baby. Let's move on to Green Bay. Probably way more confusing, if that's possible, than Pittsburgh. Who is it, Michelle? Every week it's someone new. It's it a- is. Allison's productive. MBS is productive in camp. Uh, Devontae Adams is supposed to get more than 160 targets. Which Give is, me a break. Yeah, and then Kumaro is the best uh, red zone target. So it's, I don't know, every Good day Lord. in uh, OTAs in a mini camp, it was someone new that was going to be the next hot target in Green Bay. So it's up to us to decide who is it going to be. All right, so we've got Geronimo Allison at the 812, MVS at the 1010, and Jimmy Graham at the 1405. Who you got, Michelle? So I am going with the guy that's not the wide receiver in this group. What? So dun, I, dun, dun. I'm going with Jimmy Graham at the 1405. I can get into why in a second for Jimmy Graham, but when it comes to MVS and Geronimo Allison, you know, they both showed flashes last year. When Allison was healthy, he was pretty good. I mean, he was pretty decent. Um, I don't love that 812 price. I think that's a little bit high for him. Um, MVS, as a rookie, as a six round pick, he came in and he had some really good games. Like he showed some bright flashes and then he showed a lot of lows too. But I mean, he was a rookie. And I know, like, in that McCarthy offense, Aaron Rodgers was being his grumpy old self and not wanting to pass to him. He was a grumpy man. <laughs> like, I think MVS has the highest ceiling for next year. Okay. But there's a really good chance that it's just a bunch of them just getting these targets and none of the wide receiver twos really break out. Like, even St. Brown can get involved. Kumaro, if he makes a team, could get involved. And it could just be a lot of people getting targets in each game. It's a new guy. And that's very possible. I think that's absolutely possible. I'm more on to the Green Bay wide receivers in like a best ball situation when I don't have to make those start-sit decisions. Love it. I think that... It's sort of an interesting concept because I do. I think all of the production is going to be sort of diluted through the wide receiver core. Everybody wants to talk about the fact that Aaron Rodgers is one of the best quarterbacks ever, right? That means he's a pretty smart guy. He's not just going to force feed the ball to one guy and lock in. He locks into like a Devontae Adams. But when it comes to that wide receiver 
two or tight end role. I do think he's just going to throw the ball to who's open. Yeah, and my reasoning for going with Jimmy Graham, it, he his cost is the fourteen oh five, so that means you're just punting the tight end position, which I do often, um, and you get to really punt. It's like not even picking someone in the tenth; you are punting, 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 and waiting till. Sorry, your, what is that? Punting, 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 and waiting until the very last pick, uh, basically in the fourth. Round so, um, and this is why I believe that Jimmy Graham can actually like hold some solid value next year, which so, is crazy because I feel like prior to doing all this research for the podcast, you weren't a Jimmy Graham believer. No, I wasn't, and it doesn't make I'm not a huge Jimmy Graham believer right now. But You're I, his I think biggest fan. I think it's pretty interesting, and I might totally go this route where I just punt and I take him in the 14th round. But I think people forget he broke his thumb or. They just don't really care, I guess. He, he broke his thumb early in the game in week 11. Uh, before that injury, he was on pace for 98 targets and 780 yards on the season. That would put him fifth at the tight end position in yards. Which is crazy because I felt like he wasn't doing anything. Yeah, I mean, it's not like he was Jimmy. Doing, he really wasn't doing that great, but the tight end position was just really gross. But I mean, getting put in the fifth for yards at that position, that's pretty good um, if he never got injured. Um, it was the tight ends that were solo. That's why he was doing bad. He had two tight ends in the season. That's it. Um, and that's why it felt like he was so, so, so bad. Um, two tight ends or two touchdowns. Was I saying tight ends or was I saying touchdowns? I don't know. Well, let's hope I was saying touchdowns. And thanks for listening to me, Kate. Sorry. <laughs> uh, so he had two touchdowns. I think in I've the developed year. like a touch of adult ADD. Is that a thing? Oh, it's totally a thing, and I totally have it. Can it's our listeners look into that for me? Diagnose me and appropriately medicate me because I really feel like I've developed a touch of something. I have severe ADD. I think, but to get back onto the Jimmy Graham, definitely don't have hyperactivity disorder because I. Ugh. I don't. No, I don't either. I'm yeah. too lazy. I'm not <laughs> too. I'm too lazy to be hyperactive. But I, again, I think I think I'm a little bit of something there. And back on to Jimmy and Graham. Back on to Jimmy okay. Graham. So two touchdowns on the year, not two tight ends. Two touchdowns, uh, very very low. But why can this change? Because Rogers' touchdowns were very 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 low on the year. He only had 25 touchdowns all year long. 4.2 percent touchdown rate. Insanely low for him. He's normally in the range of six to seven percent um, for the the touchdown percentage compared to his attempts, his passing attempts. So if he goes backed up to his norm, he can be around 35 to 40 touchdowns on the year. Um, so that gives him, that gives us another 10 to 15 touchdowns to work with. Uh, Devonte Adams is already killing it in that area. I don't know really how much more he can go up. Uh, maybe some of those uh, MVS and Geronimo Allison can steal some, but I think Jimmy Graham can definitely grab a handful of those. Um, if he keeps producing the, that yardage like he was last year before his broken thumb and he gets seven to eight touchdowns, he's going to be a pretty decent tight end. And if you can get him in the 14th round and stack oh. up on those quality running backs, wide receivers, you're going to have a pretty good piece there. Um, of course, again, this is just redraft because he is almost, he'll be 33 this season. So not a great dynasty asset to own, but redraft, I, I'm starting to grow on him. Yeah. And I do, um, I do go back and forth sort of on who I want in this offense. When I'm this unsure, I generally go with the cheaper guy who is MVS and he has had a lot of hype. But like I said, I'm looking more at these guys in a best ball situation, but um, 
if I'm going best ball, I'm probably going with Geronimo Allison because I think he has the higher ceiling in my okay. in my opinion. I think what we saw last year from him when he was healthy, I, I don't think Aaron Rodgers has forgotten about that. They said he's moved over to the slot. Uh, Adams said he's going to be a beast in this offense. Or I think he said dangerous. Did he say beast or dangerous? I think he said dangerous. Dangerous. All right. I kind of like dangerous better than beast. <laughs> Um, getting the slot work, MVS moving to the outside. I, I like, uh, always like having a, a slot wide receiver in PPR formats. Cause you know, they're, they they can be the go-to guy when you can't get the ball to your outside men. So love it. So you're going with Allison at the eight twelve. I'm going with Jimmy Graham at the fourteen oh five. but, uh, I mean, MVS is still a good choice. I just think his ADP is really rising after all of these, no- or after all of the like reports a coming out. Ship. Yeah, I, I liked him a lot when he was going in the 12th, 13th round, and now hey, Michelle, it's to the 10th. Would you say his ADP is Blasted. blasting off? Oh. Ayo. Ay, ay. All right. Ayo. Not doing it again. I'm not doing it again. Okay. No. <laughs> all right, let's move on. Let's go to New York. New York. New York City. New York City to the New York Giants. We've got Golden Tate with an ADP of the uh, 10.03, Sterling Shepard 8.03. Uh, Sterling Shepard has to be one of the cheapest wide receiver ones in football. Well, is he the wide receiver one? I think that's the question. Like, well, it, could it be Golden Tate? I mean, he was the wide receiver one in, in Detroit. Sterling Shepard confuses me. Oh, they both confuse me. And can I please just pick neither? <laughs> okay, I'm going to try to... How far, like, let's play a game. How far do either of these guys have to fall before you pick them in a redraft league? I think Golden Tate's 10th round is fair for him. I really do. Um, I think that's fair. You still don't sound convinced. <laughs> I think it's there. Can Sterling, we land the plane? Sterling Shepard seems a little high. And like you said, he could be a wide receiver one, but so could Golden Tate. Like, I think Sterling Shepard should be going in the ninth, tenth round. Uh, if Sterling Shepard dropped to the ninth or tenth round, I would probably be inclined to take him. Again, I'm not that confident because this is why. I'm going to get into it a little bit. Let's dig in. Golden Tate's not a touchdown guy. Like, he's not at all. He's, his career mark is normally four to five touchdowns a year. Neither is Sterling Shepard. Neither is Sterling Shepard. That's also an issue. He did have eight touchdowns this rookie season. That's- Somebody has to have touchdowns aside from Saquon Barkley. Somebody. Somebody does, and you're right. Um, somebody does, so maybe Evan Ingram. But it may be Sterling Shepard, maybe Golden Tate. We'll see. I think... I think if we're going to give touchdowns to one guy, I feel like Sterling Shepard has upside just because we've seen him at least his rookie year get eight touchdowns. But who knows? Maybe Eli Manning throws for like 12 touchdowns in the year. You mean Daniel Jones? Yeah, either, either one combined, 12 touchdowns. I'm just kidding, New York Giants fans. I'm sure they'll be okay. <laughs> uh, but And then we'll go back to Golden Tate. So that means if he's only getting around four to five touchdown mark in his career, and I don't I don't think going into the Giants offense makes that higher, that means he needs a lot of targets and a lot of receptions to make up for that to be fantasy relevant. And I don't know if he's going to get it. So he... 
it's a new offense. So, I mean, that that right there, that's hard to get used to. He struggled a lot last year in a new offense, but that's totally reasonable. He moved over teams in the middle of a season. That's very hard. Um, but his yards per reception are usually on the low side. And I, I get you might say, well, that's what Eli Manning is good at, is throwing to those guys. But he already has two players like that. So he has his Saquon Barkley. He has his Evan Ingram that are those short play receiving guys is there room for a third one you know yeah so i think the upsides with sterling shepherd because he's not a super deep you know wide receiver type of guy but at least it's a little bit longer 13 yards per reception compared to you know 10 11 so he can maybe stretch that field a little bit i think the upsides with sterling shepherd so if i had to choose between the two I'm going with Shepard at the 803, but I don't love that price. I really don't. I'm going with Sterling Shepard, too, and the reason why is more I'm looking at sort of the guys going around him. So Sterling Shepard, he's right behind Kareem Hunt. What are you guys doing drafting Kareem Hunt in the eighth round? He should be undrafted. He's undrafted. Don't draft him. Will Fuller, he is the second wide receiver on his offense. Royce Freeman. And just to get back to that really quick, we're not saying don't draft him because, you know, he he touched a girl. That's not what we're saying. You can't draft him because you don't get to play him for 10 weeks. Until week 10, he's not going to see a game, and then he's going to have to get comfortable again playing in a game and and then split carries with Chubb. So that's why he's not draftable. Get back to your – sorry. Yeah, so uh, other guys going around him, like I said, Will Fuller, he is the second wide receiver on his team. Kareem Hunt, undraftable. Royce Freeman, questionable running back. David Njuku, uh, how many receiving options are there in Cleveland? Ronald Jones, the second. Come on. I like. I actually, I think he's sort of a value for where you're getting him because he could be a clear-cut wide receiver one. Yeah, I mean, when you're comparing him against those options, it seems like the eighth run's early, but I guess when you're comparing him with other people going around him, it's not so bad. And what, Geronimo Allison, Nikhil Harry, Larry Fitz, none of those guys, I'm sorry, I don't see any of those guys reaching the the overall potential of Sterling Shepard. Um, you know, he had a decent season last year. He had, what, over 100 targets. I, I can only imagine that that goes up without o, OBJ and, you know, I, I like it. I, I want I want to buy him there because I see... Everybody else going there. And listening to those names that you're going off in the eighth round just really, really is showing me how badly I need to just wait on a quarterback. I really, really love Deshaun Watson this year. I'm going to be tempted to take him if he falls to the fifth, sixth round. But then when you name those guys in the eighth round, like, and then you name the quarterbacks you can get, and you're like, oh, I would much rather just wait on a quarterback. And so having to take one of these guys in the eighth round, I just take a quarterback that has a lot of upside like cam newton yes 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 love that i i know you don't like cam newton so i'm very happy you just brought up his name that's a steal in the eighth round he's actually going in the ninth 903 that's wild i love it um the reason also i'm just a little hesitant on even sterling Shepard, even though he'd be my guy over golden tate is we did get a, a small sample size of him without obj this past year and four for 28 two for 17, two for 37. He he did have a nice game, six receptions for 113 yards, fabulous. And then four for 67, reasonable. I think he's one of those guys that can have those good games for you. You're just going to have to choose the right ones. 
And then besides that, he's going to be wildly mediocre. Ooh. Do you do you really think that? Think mediocre? What? So like, I'm not saying Sterling Shepard himself is mediocre. I think he's a good talent. I remember really liking him his rookie year. He, he looked awesome. It's the offense season, and the, like, what if they make a, a a quarterback change? And I'm not trying to hit on Daniel Jones. He could be great, but is he going to be his rookie season if he's just thrown into the fire? Probably not. That's fair. So it's one of those. Would you like, say your biggest limitation on him is the offense? Uh, absolutely. I think if Sterling Shepard was in a, a Pittsburgh offense or a Kansas City offense, he could be fabulous. He could. Would be you great. buy him in Dynasty right now? It, what year is he in? He's going into his he's going into his fourth season. So he's Ooh. and I wouldn't call I wouldn't call twenty eighteen like his I, I wouldn't say he missed his third year breakout. I think his breakout is potentially coming when you look at the vacated targets of OBJ, when you look at the fact that he does get another year in the offense. He played uh finally two full seasons. He wasn't fully healthy in twenty seventeen to make that full jump. I do think that the, the breakout Giants could be signed coming. him. Ah, I was just about to get really excited that his rookie contract could be over, but they already gave him the stupid extension, which is probably smart because he's a talented dude. Ah, but some he's people, locked in with the Giants until the 2022. But some people have said that Daniel Jones does actually look like a pretty capable quarterback. I, I'm, I'm starting to, I think Daniel Jones is starting to grow on me. I think he could help out that offense more than Eli Manning can. So I do actually think he could be a better dynasty value than redraft. So he's one of those interesting ones where I might start trading for just in case Daniel Jones is, is the real something. deal. Because I don't think Golden Tate, I don't I don't think it's much either way, but I, I, I like your thought process there and I might start looking at the Swing. price for Sterling Shepard. Yeah. Okay. For the record, I haven't Traded for Sterling Shepard or anything, but I just talked myself into it. Me too. And now I want to go look at <laughs> trade. We're going to be competing tonight to see BRB. who we BRB. Got to go make some offers. Just kidding. But I am making offers for this this next guy I'm going to talk about here. Let's go over. Let's go south. You want to go south? A little bit south. Shall we bring back my friend? Yeah. yeah this Mr. is the time. Southern accent, y'all. <laughs> let's, go, let's go get him. So we're going to Houston. Y'all, I'm the worst at accents, so that's why I'm not joining in and being fun because <laughs> I would so, I just can't do accents. It's so 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 bad. Yeah, we're going to Houston, so let's let's check it out. So we've got Will Fuller going at the 801, coming back from the ACL tear, and then we got Kiki Cutie. He is a little cutie going at the 1001, <laughs> little thing. So listen, I I don't know between these two. Like, uh, I am so torn. And I know you have a very strong feeling. Are you feeling. as torn as Will Fuller's ACL? <laughs> exactly. He's very injury prone. But dude, all he does when he's healthy is gets 100 yards and a touchdown every game. But again, I am very torn. And I know you have a very strong feeling about one. So I'm going to give you the floor and just let you talk me into him. Oh, Kiki. Kiki. So... I've watched a lot of Kiki QT. I fell in love with him when I saw some of the catches he made. Um, some really tight spaces that he was able to catch balls in last season. And he sort of just... That's what she said. Oh. <laughs> Wait, you got to keep it. Are we... Yeah. Oh, no. We're going we're gonna to keep that in the podcast. No, no editing today. No, I I'm thought you were gonna... just pausing it because it was inappropriate. No. I, I just... I was like, uh, do we stop here? Do we not... No, I'm all <laughs> aborted. That's what she said. Uh, 
Were we talking about football? No, we no. Weren't. All right. So, um, Kiki QT, I love Michelle. If you can, if you can be more than eight years old or more than Michael Scott for like two seconds, really, he can catch balls in tight windows. That's what she said. <laughs> um, it, like Deshaun Watson. The thing that I like about what I saw when I was watching film of him is that he trusted Kiki QT to catch those balls in those tight spots. He saw a 26.2% target share during the times he was active in his rookie season. Rookie season. I know he came on after the Will Fuller injury, but you know I don't really think that Will Fuller coming back is going to change that. First of all, Will Fuller is an extremely efficient pass catcher. It's not like he takes up a lot of targets to be as efficient as he is, which is also what scares me about Will Fuller. Um, but Kiki QT, he doesn't work the outside. He's a slot man. Um, ranked 16 among wide receivers and targets per snap last year. Hamstring's a little concerning, right? It's it's never a good sign when you see a guy with a hamstring issue can reoccur. But again, I'm looking at the guys that I'm drafting around him. Golden Tate, Cortland Sutton. D.D. Westbrook is an interesting one, but Kiki QT, he's less expensive, showed a great rapport with Deshaun Watson in a great offense, 60.7% of snaps from the slot, less than ideal run game. He's going to be good for those short yardage targets. Kiki, baby. Boom. All right. And he's two rounds less expensive than Will Fuller, who just, I mean, Kiki Kuti has some injury concerns as well. So he does, he does, but he's also had a full off season to recover. Yeah. So hopefully if, if he can nip that hammy in the bud, I don't know. Will Fuller going at the eight one is a little rich for me. I know you just said the guys that were, were going at that time and it's just like recovering from an ACL tear is not an easy thing. And normally the season after it does take some time to get, you know, healthy. He already has issues with his hammy and, you know, those soft tissue problems and tearing your ACL normally just worsens those. Yeah. Cause when sometimes he's healthy, you can start to favor, you know, one muscle group over the other, you can yeah. get a strain. When he's healthy, he's amazing. And so if you are drafting him, I would say, you know, let him play out the first few weeks. And when he breaks out, sell him. That's what I would go with. Or, or I would wait until he has a couple of bad games. Let somebody else draft Will Fuller, trade for him. Sort of like a week four, week five. Because I do think that. He's going to disappoint early in the season. He's going to have to acclimate back to the NFL play. He's going to have to get used to, you know, sort of trusting that that knee again. Trade for him when he disappoints at first, because I don't think he's going to be Will Fuller 2.0 or 1.0. He okay. will, yeah. So we're both going with Kiki Cootie there at the 10.01, and I know you're probably going to go steal him in the ninth round, so I won't get him in basically anything that we play together. Nope, you won't. <laughs> okay. I actually, in some mocks, I've been taking him in the eighth round, and guess what? Don't hate it. Don't hate it. Sure. So sue me. <laughs> All right, let's move in. Uh, you want to go back north, eh? No, I don't. I don't want to go back north. I want to stay let's south in the warm. Snow. Let's see some snow. Let's see some snow in Buffalo. Buffalo. Let's go, Buffalo. 
I'm so undercover rooting for Buffalo this season. What oh is goodness. happening? I am too. I just, I'm too excited about the <laughs> stupid offense. It's probably going to suck. I don't understand why I'm so excited about it. And I, I, I love Josh Allen. I love John Brown. I'm even, I like Robert Foster and who knows a Jones. And I just love everything about it. Devin Singletary. Like, I am too high on these guys and I need to cool myself. Like, what is it about Buffalo? I know. And we actually, we have a goal to go to a game together in every single NFL stadium. The Bills is one I'm actually excited to like check off my list. I'm really excited to see the Bills. Maybe we'll have to make that happen this year. Yeah, totally. Buffalo, at us. What you got? Show us your bets. Tailgate. Your best. Your best tailgate. Their tailgates are pretty awesome. I've been, uh, the tailgate scene is insane in Buffalo, and the fans there are insane, and it's pretty awesome to go to a game, too, so I'm excited to go with you. Also, fun fact, I did get caught in the Buffalo snowstorm of the century a few yeah, years and back. I almost died. I almost died in Buffalo. So, like, maybe that's, maybe that's me going home, you know? <laughs> it's creepy. So okay. spiritual. <laughs> okay. Well, anyway, I really the, want to go to Buffalo. Yeah, let's get into the wide receivers because uh, unlike the other teams that we were talking about, um, oh, yeah, you know what we forgot to bring up with the Giants? That Evan Ingram is the guy to own there. Like, yeah, he he's is. The guy, I think he's worth the price, The too. main guy. He's worth the price in the fourth, fifth round for sure. Um, anyways, going back to Buffalo, there's not Actually, a tight end his ADP is in the sixth round. Oh, even better. Yeah. Yeah. That's amazing. So but I, I've you been doing would a, pay for him in the fourth round. Yeah, I, I don't know. You I've just been, said that. I've been doing a lot of tight. Don't em, take backs. I've been doing a lot of tight end premium leagues lately, so he's going a little bit higher than I'm used to. Uh, but I would take him in the fifth, May, not the fourth. But I, I said no take backs. I would take him in the fifth. I like Evan Ingram a lot. I also love OJ Howard. So whatever one I can get out of the two, I'd be very happy about. Can we go back to Buffalo? Do so. It? Fantasy relevant city yes. in New York. But what I was saying about oh. tight ends is that there's no strong tight end there to take away any targets, really. Dawson Knox, rookie, can be great in the future, but next year he's not stealing anything. So let's talk about the three main wide receivers there. Yeah, because everybody's been a little bit confused. So Cole Beasley, offseason addition. John Brown added uh, to the offense. Then they have Zay Jones, who's been there. Then we have uh, Robert Foster. Yeah, and the one I actually didn't add into this, even including, was Cole Beasley. I'm sorry. I understand that he could be the main guy there, but I just, no. I don't think he's going to be the main guy, but he's not going, he's not being drafted. And I think he's a fine late round pick. I think that, you know. He has to pass, if Josh Allen has to pass to you short, you're dead to him. And Cole Beasley is a short. No, you know what? Actually, when I'm looking at his chart, when it comes to next-gen stats, he actually had his highest passer rating in the middle of the field, like right where right where Cole Beasley should be catching those balls. So maybe they would be smart to utilize him. Maybe. Just saying. All right. So when we look at average draft position, John Brown is actually going the highest at the 1409. So the highest wide receiver on the board for Buffalo is going in the 14th round and late 14th. Um, So Zay Jones and Robert Foster in redraft leagues, 12 teams, 15 rounds, going undrafted. That's bananas. Well as Cole Beasley. So who do you want here? Like, are you are you going to draft one of those three guys in the last round that are going undrafted? Are you going yes. with John Brown at the 14th round? No. Okay. Okay, you go first, and I'll give mine. No, no, no. You go first. You go first. Ladies first. <laughs> Wait. Are, yeah, what Wait. are you? All right. So I'm, I take it back. 
no, no take backsies. You just said it. <laughs> you can't take back your take no take backsies. I'm the host. I take see backsie what I want. Okay, okay. All okay, right. Just kidding. You can go. I am going with the most expensive option here. I'm going to pull out the big bucks yeah, and big spend spender. a late 14th round on John Brown. John Jay, Brown. You mean Jay Money. Guys, this is going to be a little bit of a rant here, but I think it's going to be worth it, okay? So just just stay with me. So John Brown, the first nine games with Joe Flacco last year. People forget because it was the first nine games and not the last seven games. Yes, baby. Anyone that's good in the first half but bad in the second half just sucks. So uh, Adam Thielen. Michelle. You know that was sarcasm. Yeah, I know. It still hurts. I love Adam Thielen. And just because he was bad the second half and absolutely amazing the first half doesn't mean that he's going to suck. Anyways, getting back into John Brown, the first nine games where he had Joe Flacco, a somewhat okay thrower. That's as much as I can give Joe Flacco. He's one of my least favorite people in life. I'm a Steelers fan. Give it to me. Anyways, with Joe Flacco, 34 receptions John Brown had for 601 yards in nine games. It's pretty nice pace. Four touchdowns. Very nice pace. That's a pace of 1,068 yards and seven touchdowns in the year. Not too shabby. 14th round, 1,068 yards and seven touchdowns. Give that to me any time. Um, and then he goes and plays with Lamar Jackson for seven games. Um, I hear he likes throwing another wide receiver. Yeah, so he had 34 receptions in nine games with Flacco. Guess how many he had with seven games with Jackson? Just two less games. Uh, I think you're going to tell me. I am. It was eight. He had eight receptions in seven games. That's just above one wow, reception that was a game. My worst whistle ever. Yeah, you're not a good whistler. Eight receptions for 114 yards and one touchdown in seven games he had with with Lamar Jackson. <laughs> I'm he, just gonna keep trying to whistle. He had 30 targets, 30 targets, and only got eight receptions. His catch rate with Lamar Jackson was 26. percent That's pretty bad. Yeah. That was really bad. And I mean, with Joe Flacco is only 50.7%, but uh, that's still double. So, and, and it's not like Joe Flacco is the most amazing quarterback out there. Um, and the thing that hit me most was that with Lamar Jackson, he had 3.8 yards per target. Um, with Joe Flacco, he had nine yards per target. That is very significant. Yeah, almost three times the amount. Um, so, what we're looking at here is can John Brown be his Joe Flacco self or himself with Lamar Jackson. And he's going to a team with Josh Allen, who is also super inaccurate, just like Lamar Jackson. But the difference is Josh Allen threw the ball deep on 19.7% of his passes. That wow. lead that led the league by a lot. The next person was Mitch Trubisky at 16.8%. That's surprising for me. So that's a 3% jump, and he led the league in deep ball percentage. That can definitely skew your, your accuracy because you're throwing deep. You know who was forty the ranked the 42nd quarterback in deep percentage? Who? Lamar Jackson. Oh. 42nd quarterback. Quarterback 42 is how you would say that. Um, I, I believe 7.6% of Lamar Jackson's passes were thrown deep compared to Josh Allen's 19.7. You know who is the, the best deep ball wide receiver? So wh- wh- when I say this, uh, who did the most damage on the field for targets 20 yards or more? 
Tell me. John Brown. Really? John Brown was the number one wide receiver for deep targets. He had 24 deep targets. Uh, The next one was Tyreek Hill with 21 targets that were deep. So when you put together the quarterback that loves to throw deep the most, the wide receiver that gets targeted the most deep, is that not the most perfect connection, the most perfect match that you can think of? It's a it's a match made in heaven. Certainly. It really is. So give me this wide receiver with so much potential in this perfect match at the fourteen oh nine. That's pretty nice. I love John Brown in the That's next value. year. He is a deep sleeper of mine, and I will be picking John Brown in the fourteenth round in every redraft I have. All right, I'm gonna choose Robert Foster here, and I'm gonna tell you why in our next segment. <laughs> Let's talk about our deep sleepers. It's Robert Foster time. Are you ready for the Foster? Are you ready? I don't think you're ready. All right. I'm going to give it to you anyway. Robert Foster, undrafted free agent coming out of Alabama. Did not see the field much the first half of the season in 2018. Yet in weeks 9 through 16, Robert Foster ranks 15 in receiving grade among all wide receivers, all wide receivers in 2018 through that time period, all wide receivers. You feel me? Yeah, he was great towards the end of the year. He really was. As a rookie, I'm pretty sure he was sandwiched right between OBJ and Juju Smith-Schuster when it came to receiving grade. I'm not kidding. I'm just going to throw this in here right now. If I was on Twitter last offseason, every one of my followers would have had Robert Foster on their roster because I was obsessed with him. Just Foster to throw that on their out. roster? It's, Foster on the roster. I'm just patting myself on the back. Uh, yeah, go ahead. You didn't have Twitter. I did, I did and I tweeted about him. Yeah, I loved right. him. Okay, number ahead. 14, or sorry, number four in passer rating when target, number four in yards per route run, number two in yards per reception. He's another guy that can take the ball deep, right? Josh Allen's overall passer rating last year was 67.9. That's yeah. not great. That's not good. What but was remember, his passer rating when he targeted Robert Foster, though? Do you know? Ooh, I don't. 127.2. Throw him the ball. Wow. That's yeah. a good stat. That's it a is good a great stat. stat. And yeah. you know why? I, I genuinely believe that they recognized the difference in Josh Allen when they threw him the ball, and that's why he got work. He was very, very productive. And despite the... Limited time in the offense. You never see rookies come out and sort of break out. Um, he's currently going basically undrafted. Um, his six-game, sixteen-game pace at that time was eighty targets, fifty-seven receptions, eleven hundred and sixty-eight yards, and seven touchdowns, which actually beats your guy John Brown. He's got a, another like season in that offensive system. He's got a whole season under his belt with. Josh Allen to throw him the ball. Hmm. All right. I, I, I do like Robert Foster, and he would be right there with John Brown. I keep getting Josh Allen and John Brown very mixed up in my head, and I keep having to they think They do play different positions. Yes, that helps. their names, I don't know why it's so confusing to me. With I just can't get them out of my mouth well enough. But that, That's what she said? I, I do like your argument for Robert Foster. He was awesome at the end of last year he actually helped me win a couple championships and that's why he's a late round sleeper for me he is my wide receiver sleeper of 2019 
I will plant my flag. And good I, night. I understand that, and that's a good pick. I, I do like that pick. And if I uh, maybe I'll change my mind as the year goes on with, or as the off season goes on with what wide receiver to choose. Hopefully, the preseason will give us some clarity on that. Um, but good, good stats there. So my my deep sleeper is um, it's Michael Gallup. He's going at the fourteen oh seven. So. I'm going to have to choose between John Brown and Michael Gallup or maybe reach for one in the 13th round. But Michael Gallup, uh, I think, is being a little disrespected. Uh, He was a rookie last year, fourth-round pick, and he did struggle. He struggled a bit, but I think we saw some progress from him as the year went on. So uh, I think Amari Cooper coming to that offense just changed the entire offense. I mean, everyone got better. Nobody got worse, really. They just got better. So uh, the the seven games without Cooper, he was only averaging 3.1 targets. And then the nine games with Cooper, Gallup's targets went up to 5.1 per game. That's two more targets a game. That's really good. You didn't see that much more production from him because... The 48% catch rate. I mean, that's bad. Dak and Gallup just weren't connecting, but you saw, like, when you watch him, he's open. Gallup is open down the field a lot. It's that issue that Dak can't connect with him. So it's kind of that issue with uh, Winston and DJX. You just hope that they can fix it. So I'm still going to give Dak and Gallup that time to that this offseason, that time to really fix that connection, work on it, uh, build it together. And I hope next year we'll see a higher percentage catch rate. If you can even get that up to high 50s, 60s, that will be great for him. Um, I think and also an area that he can continue to grow is the touchdowns. They just weren't there. But he was targeted eight times in the red zone and it just only came down with one touchdown. So, I, yeah, and we all know that touchdowns can be sort of iffy, but the if the opportunity is there, which that's the argument y'all are making for Eric Ebron. Hello. Yeah. Hello. If the opportunity is there, and I, I think the offense in general will just be better, so there'll be more touchdowns to go around. And the reason I say that it, it can be better is because like there is such a big difference with that offense with Cooper and without. Like, look at these. You can't look, but listen to these stats with Dak Prescott without Cooper and then Dak Prescott with Cooper. So Dak passing attempts, 29 a game without Cooper, which is low. That went up to 36 a game with Cooper. That's seven different. That's a lot more passing attempts per game. When you look at completions, 18 without Cooper, 25 completions per game with Cooper. This one is insane. 62% completion rate without Amari uh, Cooper in the offense. You know what that went up to with Amari Cooper? Tell me. 71% completion rate. That's why That is massive for a quarterback. Like a quarterback that has a 62% completion rate compared to a quarterback with a 71% completion rate. That is the difference between elite and bad. Like that's a huge difference. Uh, eight passing touchdowns of to 14 passing touchdowns and then 202 passing yards to 274 passing yards a game. That's an additional 70 yards at passing yards a game. When you actually add in a good wide receiver into the offense, he opens up things for everybody. And I think, I think um, Gallup can just be better next year and be involved. I'm not saying he's going to be a wide receiver too, or not even a reliable flex play every week, but when your guys get injured, when there's a bye weeks, I think he can be a viable option to plug them in there. And guess what? You're going to know pretty fast. So 
take him in the 14th round and if that connection's not there, if Dak's not targeting him, then you'll know, okay, I can drop him. But I think in the first couple of games, you're going to see, are those things fixed? Are we seeing anything different? And uh, you'll know right away if you have a good guy there. I love it. Excellent pick, Michelle. Very nice work. Those are our late round sleepers. Everybody, thank you for joining us today. Uh, check our work out on Twitter at FFBallBlast. I am Kate. And I'm Michelle at Ball Blastum. And EM. EM. I wasn't going to say it, but thanks for saying it for me. Absolutely. We got to help people find your work out there. Um, check out the Fantrax uh, 2019 draft kit for all of your fantasy football needs. We've got some really good articles. FantraxHQ.com. We will see you guys in Dallas this weekend. Don't forget to leave those five star reviews, baby. Keep them coming. We, we've still got that five star rating. We're very proud of that um, in such a short time. So please keep those coming. It helps others find the podcast. Find us on Patreon at patreon.com slash ball blast. Be a supporter. Help us keep our air conditioning on. <laughs> it's a, it's an expensive bill, but we it's worth We it. haven't seen the bill yet for the first month, have Ooh, we? I'm scared. Ooh, that's going to be a rough one. It will be a rough one, but thanks to your support, we can afford to keep ourselves alive. See you next week. See you guys. Thank you. Bye. Bye.